welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. It's Resurrection Sunday. What, what an amazing Sunday to actually meet back um, at church again, uh, and I'm just so pumped. Do you know that the church started a couple of thousand years ago with just a handful of people, 120 people? When Jesus um, ascended to heaven, he said to his followers, go to Jerusalem and pray and wait um, for power from on high. It was about 120 of them in that room. 2,000 years later, there's like 2.4 billion people who claim to follow Jesus as their savior. That's almost one in three people worldwide right now um, claim faith in Jesus. Isn't that incredible? We actually don't see that here um, in the West as much, but one in three, that's significant from 120 people to billions of people. How did that actually happen? I think we can sum it up in one word, the power of resurrection. That Jesus just didn't claim to be God, but he proved that he was God when he rose from the grave and followers of Jesus understand that resurrection power in their lives and we can live a life full of hope, full of joy, full of grace and full of victory and that has just taken the world by storm. 2.4 billion people. That's so exciting, isn't it? It's the largest group of people on the face of the planet right now are people who are followers of Jesus, and that makes me so excited. Uh, you know, I, for those of you that know me and, and the way I preach, I love preaching about Jesus. I love preaching about the cross and the power of the cross, what happened at the cross, the great exchange of the cross. But I've come to realize that the resurrection, we don't often talk a whole lot about the resurrection of Jesus. We talk a lot about the death, but perhaps we need to understand a little bit more of the resurrection of Jesus because without the resurrection, without Jesus just rising from the grave, if he just died on the cross, then really uh, we would still be in a lot of trouble. But the fact that he rose from the grave, like I said before, he didn't, he claimed to be God, but he proved to be God because he rose from the grave. That is a very, very big deal. Um, if there was no resurrection, then the cross was for nothing. If Jesus didn't do the second part, the first part didn't count which is an interesting uh, concept, and I just didn't make that up. Let's just have a look at 1 Corinthians 15. It says, And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. It's a big deal that Jesus rose from the grave. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost, and if our hope in Christ is, the, is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. And a huge folly of many people in the world right now is, is they reduce the lordship of Jesus. They reduce him to just being um, someone who's cool. They like him as a religious teacher. They speak of him as someone who's like some awesome, hip, woke activist. He's not any of those. He's the lion, and he's risen from the grave. And because of what he did on the cross and because of how he raised from the grave, we have life and we have hope and we have joy. And that is worth getting excited. Is anyone awake in this place this morning? 
Jesus died claiming he was God. He rose again to prove he was God, and this gives us so much hope. So what I want to talk about this morning is just four reasons why the resurrection gives us hope. The first one, because of the resurrection, we can be completely forgiven. Not just partially, not just a little bit, not just the big sins. We can be completely forgiven. In Ephesians 1 verse 7, it says, God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. And again, that scripture verse I said before in 1 Corinthians 15, 17. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins which means because Jesus has been raised, we no longer need to be guilty. He's taken all that guilt and all that shame and all that regret and all that pain upon himself so that we can truly be free. We can truly be completely forgiven. Full forgiveness of sin is is available to every single one of us. God doesn't want us to go through life carrying the shame and carrying the guilt of sin anymore. He doesn't. He wants us to be free. He wants us to be full of hope and full of joy so we can walk through this life with our heads held high, not because we're any better or we're more perfect than others, but because we understand that our perfect God has taken upon Himself all of our sin and all of our regret on the cross. We don't have to carry guilt anymore. Jesus died for our sins so that we don't have to die for our sins. And he hung on a cross so we can stop hanging ourselves on that cross of guilt and shame and regret. He's done it all. He said on the cross, it is finished. It has been paid in full. So we, we are victorious because of what Jesus did on the cross. So again, we can, we can have this incredible assurity that we, our, our sins can be completely forgiven. We don't have to walk under condemnation of being full of shame and full of guilt anymore if we've asked Jesus to forgive us of our sins. That's amazing news because of the resurrection, we can be completely forgiven. Number two, because of the resurrection, we no longer need to fear death. We don't have to fear death anymore. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. If if Jesus didn't rise from the grave, then we'd just have to take his word for it. And we'd really have no proof that there is life after death. But because Jesus rose from the grave, He proved what he was saying was true, that there is life after death. For those of us that have given our lives to Jesus, we can be assured of heaven forevermore, paradise with Jesus. We don't have to be scared of death and fear death anymore. Isn't that incredible? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54 to 57, then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, He gives us victory over sin. 
It doesn't stop there. It says, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus rose from the grave to be victorious over death and he's shown us that we through him are victorious over death. We don't have to fear death anymore. So many believers still fear death. Now, when you get to that age where your death day is, is surely closer than your birthday, it's like, oh, good grief, what is there to live anymore? And we start freaking out about life. There is a new heaven and there is a new earth waiting for us. We don't have to fear death anymore. Death, where is your sting? There is no victory in death for us anymore. We are victorious over death. Isn't that incredible? I, I pray that we could have the attitude of Paul when he pretty much knew he was gonna be dying soon. This is what he says in Philippians 1.20. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Wow. Because of the resurrection, we can be completely forgiven. Because of the resurrection, we no longer need to fear death. And I was preparing this. I really felt the Holy Spirit say, Simon, there are some people that need to get free of the fear of death. If that's you this morning, as we take communion, as we sing a song of, of faith and praise at the end, just say, God, I, I take this from me. I don't need to, don't succumb to that lie that death is the end for us. Number three, because of the resurrection, and I love this, we can have the Holy Spirit living in us. John 16 verse seven says, this is what Jesus said, but in fact, it is, some translations say better for you, but this translation says, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, which is another name for the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus died on the cross, he rose from the grave, and he went to the Father so that the Holy Spirit could be sent. And Jesus is saying, I know that you guys love me being beside you, but when I go back to the Father, I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit, and he's not just gonna be beside you anymore, he's gonna be living inside you. And Jesus is saying, it is better for you that I go away because now you're gonna have God on the inside. Having the Holy Spirit in us is actually better than having Jesus beside us. That's what Jesus said. And we have this incredible opportunity of carrying God around on the inside of us and living life through Jesus' power, through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Um, Acts 1 verse eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God never designed us to go through life without his power. I don't think we can do it. We, can do it. we can't do a good job of life without, without God's power. That's why he gave us his power. That's why he gave us himself to live on the inside of us so that we could be victorious through every situation in life. Ephesians 1 verse 19, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us, or God's power available to us who believe in Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. 
a similar verse as Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same power that made a dead man live lives in you and just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Do we have any idea of the resurrection power of God and that same power is living within us now so that we can have victorious lives? The same power that made a dead man live is living in you. The same power that resurrected a dead man can resurrect your career can resurrect your broken relationships, can resurrect your life, can resurrect your future, can resurrect your dreams. Isn't that worth getting excited about? The same power that rose Christ from the dead lives in us now. His name is the Holy Spirit. Are we, do we understand that power? It's almost like going to Pukekohe and, and riding a, the fastest car in the world, a Lamborghini, at the speed limit. 50 kilometers, like this is amazing, woo! When you've got so much power, do we know how much power we carry to live victorious lives for Jesus? And I think this is where it gets to the nitty gritty. So many of us, we go through life, I was gonna say mantra, but that's probably not the best thing for a Christian to say, but the narrative in our lives of I can't. Now I can't do this, or this, this, this dream can't be resurrected in my life, or I've tried before and I just can't. So even as believers, we still carry that narrative through our lives of I can't. And that because of the resurrection of the cross, we need to change that from, yeah, I still can't, but God, you can. Now I can't in myself do this, but God, you can. I can't get me out of this mess, but God, you can get me out of this mess and I'm gonna believe in you for my future. I can't restore this broken relationship or where I am in life, but God, you can and you are the God of resurrection and you are living on the inside of me and that gives me hope to believe for a new day. So let's stop just saying I can't and say I can't, but God, you can and you're living on the inside of me now. I'm your child. Number four, because of the resurrection, we can have a new life. We can have a new beginning. We can be born again. And it's not just a resuscitated life. You know, when, when someone stops breathing or, you know, they're obviously in, in a medical emergency and they, people do CPR on them or whatever and they, they, they put the, you know, you've seen the movies, um, whatever they're called, the paddles on them. That's called resuscitation. And that's when someone is sort of, you know, their vital signs are not there and they've, for a little while, and they are resuscitated. So they get the same life, but it's a resuscitated life. Resurrection is completely different. Resurrection is where something is just absolutely dead and there is no way ever that that thing is gonna be, come back to life. But a resurrection is when that dead person comes back to life. It's completely different to resuscitation. I think so many people think of salvation as resuscitation. You know, our lives get into a bit of trouble and it's like, oh God, please resuscitate my life. And, and we have a little bit of hope, but we continue living the same old life with the same old struggles and problems that we did. We've just been resuscitated. Now, Jesus just didn't come to resuscitate us. He came to make us completely new, to resurrect us 
into new creations. And it's completely different to being resuscitated. In Romans 6 verse 4, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And the Bible is absolutely full of people that were dead but were given new lives in Jesus, new lives because of God. And you may be here today or watching this and you just know that you are pretty much dead and, and you are in a mess. God wants to give you a new life, a completely new life, make you into something completely new. And I've just got three here um, because just for sake of time, the first one in Mark 5, verse 18 to 19, this guy was demon possessed. And when Jesus asked him his name, he didn't say like Roger or John, he said legion because he had a legion of demons. It's just like someone being in our church service this morning and say, hey, how's it going? My name's Simon, what's your name? They say, oh, I'm demon possessed. Nice to meet you. See, his, this person's whole identity was wrapped up in death and destruction in his life, but Jesus delivered him, and in a moment of time, he made him into something completely new, made him into a new person, and gave him a destiny. He was so wanting to follow Jesus, become a disciple of Jesus, and Jesus said, no, go back to your hometowns and tell people the amazing things I have done for them. So he did, a complete new life, a complete new destiny. And you're saying, well, Simon, I'm not a demon-possessed person here this morning. I'm not running around naked in the graves. I hope not anyway. <laughs> what about Mary Magdalene? Or a lot of people say she was Mary Magdalene. We don't quite know. But there was a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. Just imagine how humiliating that would be. She was dragged out into the, the, the town court um, by a whole lot of hypocritical religious leaders. And they were going to kill her. And Jesus actually said, well, this woman's sin is out in the open. We sort of know it. But what about all the sin that you guys are carrying on the inside that no one knows about? What about all of your secret sin? And so one by one, they realized that, flip, if I was to have my life exposed, then I would be no, oh, I'd be no better. I'd be probably worse than this woman. So they left one by one. And Jesus said, Where, who is your condemners? And she said, well, there's no one. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more made this woman into a new person. And if she was Mary Magdalene, we, we know the incredible destiny she had, a complete new life, a complete new creation. You're saying, well, I'm not an adulterous woman this morning, Simon. Oh, our guys wouldn't be able to say that. <laughs> but so that doesn't relate to me. What about Peter who, who understood God or Jesus, his follower of, of God, Jehovah? He was living a pretty, pretty good life. He was just like a normal person, the everyday man. And yet he has this incredible encounter with Jesus. So much so that he realizes because of the holiness of Jesus in his life that he's got all of these issues on the inside. He's confronted with his sin and he falls down at the feet of Jesus and says in Luke 5 verse 8, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. And when we have an encounter with God, we get to see us the way we see us. We can't really hide that, and we're aware of our frailties and all of our sin. And, and Peter had that moment. He realized that he had fallen short, that he had some issues, and Jesus said something incredible in verse 10. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. So I think with Peter, he understood that he couldn't be Lord of his life because he just messed his life up. He gave lordship of his life to Jesus. 
and Jesus made him new. Jesus completely changed his life around. And an ordinary person like Peter, who had a whole lot of faults, who used to put his foot in his mouth all the time, became one of the rocks of the early church, one of the pillars. And God can take you where you are when you have an encounter with God and do something incredible with your life if we give and allow Jesus to take ownership of our life. The Bible is full of people that have been given new beginnings who've been given hope, who've been given a new destiny. Now this auditorium is full of people that have been given new beginnings and new hope and new life and new destiny. And you can have that new life and that new hope today because of what Jesus has done. He's done it all. We just have to say, yes, Jesus, I give my life to you. Please come into my life. Make me new. Make me a new creation. Let's have the band up, please. I just want to finish with a couple of scriptures. Luke 24, verses 4 onwards. And I said this at the start, but I love it so much. While they were wondering about this, this was the two Marys, and I think it was Salome as well, that went to the tomb um, of Jesus because they wanted to look after his body. Suddenly two men, angels in clothes that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. And in their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. You know, so many of us, because of our pain, because of our struggles, we're looking for some escape. We're looking for some fix. We're looking for some fulfillment. And unfortunately, we look for that escape and that fix and that fulfillment in places that are dead whether it's in a relationship that's not right, whether it's stuff that, you know, behavior that we, we um, get involved in that we know is destructive or, or a sinful, habitual pattern in our lives or just something that we go to to escape, like the latest, I don't know, there's so many streaming platforms now. We go to these places to find some sort of hope and fulfillment and life, but those places really are all dead. And I want to say this morning that none of those places will give us life. They may give us a slight reprieve and we may forget just for a moment, but that emptiness and that pain is always going to be there unless we are made into new people, into new creations, and thank God that Jesus did that, that we can give our lives to him and he can, he can make us into new creatures. So if you're struggling today, you're not going to find hope in anything else other than the cross of Jesus Christ and understanding the death and resurrection of him, giving your life to him. I want to give us all that opportunity in a moment. Just before I do, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15 to 17 says, He died, Jesus died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Reasons why we can live full of joy and full of hope despite all the circumstances in life because we can be completely forgiven. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.